Hello and welcome. Greetings from the Offensive Security Group here at Secure IT 360. Uh, it is Friday and it's our time. It is time for our weekend review. Uh, just for those of you that are new, every week the Offensive Security team here goes through and kind of researches, tracks, and analyzes threats, vulnerabilities, exploits, etc. Uh, all with the end goal of keeping you up to date on what's relevant and important in the cybersecurity industry. So the goal here is to make you a little bit more prepared tomorrow than you were yesterday. Um, as usual, you've got Brad and Spencer here to talk about some uh, some interesting news stories that, uh, I mean, at, at some point it kind of becomes repetitive, right? Like we start seeing the same initial access, the same initial uh, yeah. and, and and some of the same stuff. But these are kind of neat, I think, at least. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, the reason we do this is to keep everyone up to date on what's going on in the, the cyber world, um, talk about current events, talk about ways that uh, certain things could have been mitigated. You know, when we talk about the DFER reports, uh, you know, there's good advice there that we can bestow uh, on people so that they don't become victim of those things. So uh, we like doing this. We like staying up to date, keeping you guys up to date on what's going on. Uh, and keeping you abreast of current, you know, techniques, current current threats, um, because we know everybody's busy. You might not have time to go through the the news every day and throughout the week. So we try and bring you some of the highlights at the end of the week um, and stuff we think you should know about. Agreed. So this week we're talking about the Uber hack, which just happened. Like it just news broke. I don't know, 19 hours ago. It was it was mm -hmm. just overnight, I think, or, or early morning. Uh, we'll talk about Microsoft Teams storing auth tokens in plain text, and we'll talk about intermittent ransomware encryption. So all good things to talk about this week. We have a Twitter user uh, who shared some details of uh, this alleged hack. Um, they shared some screenshots from Signal or WhatsApp or whatever the, the secure sharing uh, text messaging platform here. And supposedly the Thractor got in uh, through prompt bombing. So they just social engineered them, prompt bombed them, and logged in. Now, once logged in, as the text message shows here, they found a PowerShell script that had a uh, username and password in it for their PAM solution. And from there, you know, you can kind of guess where the story goes from there. Once you have admin credentials and you have everything kind of segmented into uh, just a few accounts, right? Just using a few accounts to access various different environments. Uh, you can imagine where that goes. Um, and they got access to a whole bunch of sensitive stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's two kind of key things that, that kind of parked my ears up, right? So number one, uh, we tell everybody to MFA everything, and they did. Number two, we recommend, especially in larger organizations, that you implement privileged access management, or PAM, and they did. Unfortunately, you have to understand that those are not silver bullets. And if you store your PAM admin password in plain text on a publicly available, or I say publicly available, internally available file share, you are undermining whatever benefits PAM might have gotten you. And the same thing with prompt bombing, you know, Again, man, the, the, these are great things. They 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 have a good return on investment, but they are not the end all be all from a protection perspective. Yeah, and I don't know if Duo has anything in the works or in mind to kind of combat this. Right, this is kind of a problem that's that's kind of reared its ugly head a number of times and a number of different high profile breaches. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft has something called MFA number matching, right? Which at least it's not fully, uh, you know, social engineer proof. It's not fully fish proof, uh, but it's better than better than nothing. And MFA number mm-hmm. matching uh, is really cool. It puts a number on the screen. It's, just, it's like 89 or 62 or whatever. You have to enter that number in your authenticator and then it'll let you proceed. Right. Um, so there are mechanisms to combat that, but yeah, prompt bombing is co- becoming a real big deal. Um, and the MFA prompt is, is becoming very, very less ideal. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, you know, there's so many, so many things going on here, right? Like why, why are we storing, um, Pam admin stuff in PowerShell scripts, you know, and, and, you know, we were talking about this before the show, um, how often do you see this? Yeah, this right? is. Uh, I commented on on Twitter a couple on a couple uh, posts because everybody is is saying, you know, look, they they got they got credentials through a PowerShell script. Like, take this seriously. This is a big deal. You need to be looking for these things. And I'm like, yes, please, thank you, everybody. Say this louder because this this is a common finding on 99% of the internal pen tests we do. We yep. find plain text credentials on file shares on servers that we get access to on Susie and accounting's workstation and not only corporate passwords, right? Like passwords to the PAM solution, passwords to this server over here, service local accounts. admin cr- service accounts, but also individual users credentials, right? Yeah. Susie's credentials for PayPal or her bank account. And like, it's not just corporate credentials. It's like you can own all of these users individual identities because they're just storing them in word documents um so real dangerous stuff it's a it's a real big issue um in something we find on 99 percent of internal pen tests agreed agreed we you know we've kind of joked around about the idea of compartmentalizing some of the tests that are generally considered to be 100 percent effective you know so like offering where you know we just scan shares and or or maybe we just yeah. do uh, password attacks against AD internally or Kerber roasting or whatever it is, yep. because they are such a high success rate for us. And yep. and and generally speaking, everyone is vulnerable to these particular types of attacks. And yep. and even calling it a type of attack is is a stretch in my opinion because we're yep. just searching for the word password, yeah, <laughs> or or yeah. configuration files or whatever it is. Like there's like you know ten phrases that we search for that that. Yep. 99% effectiveness. So, yep. I mean, folks, this is easy stuff to do. We, we actually have a, a pillar podcast, I think, that came out recently that is like how you can fix this on your own, how you can find yep. and fix this. So I encourage you guys to go check that out because it's basically free. Yeah. You know, you don't need a pen tester to, to, to solve these kind of problems. So anyway, yeah. interesting stuff for sure. Yeah, definitely. And the last thing I'll say is to, to your point, Brad, is this this is free stuff that you can do to find just go out search your file shares look for those common um common phrases common strings um spend spend time you know dedicate time once a week or whatever to just spending an hour or two every day or an hour or two a week or something and just going and searching everything um and see what you can find because 99 percent of our pen testing on internals seems to be lately just crawling through the file shares and thinking like an admin um, and poking at things to, to find where they might've left stuff. So, Agreed. Um, yeah. Yep. Cool. So the next story, uh, is, uh, has to do with teams. 
right? Uh, Microsoft Teams stores auth tokens as clear text in Windows on Linux and on Mac as well. So Microsoft Teams, uh, I don't think I have to explain that to anybody. Uh, what I might require some explaining, and, and Brad, I'm sure you'll touch more on this as well from like the web app kind of per- yeah. perspective, but Teams, like when you install Teams, it's an Electron application. Um, it's not a true desktop, you know, uh, application like you would normally see. So uh, there's some some things that we need to consider with that from a security context. And the issue here is that uh, if you have access to a system where Teams is running, you could potentially steal plain text authentication tokens and log in to that user's account. And the reason this is kind of a big deal, or one of the reasons is this can bypass bypass multi-factor authentication. So yeah. once you get that authentication token, you are that user and you don't need to prompt for MFA uh, because you have that auth token. So this is a this is a uh, a big deal. Uh, you do need access to the the victim system, so there's some things caveats with that. Um, but this is a, pr- a pretty big deal, and I think it's something we should pay attention to and, and discuss more about as an industry. Yeah, I agree. You know, this is. Um... This is this is interesting because it it kind of um, also highlights Microsoft's posture, right? Because basically, this only occurs if you're not using the Edge browser, right? Because they are Electron based, it uses the default browser, and uh, you know Microsoft's answer was basically like, yeah, just use Edge, which nobody does, right? Nobody's gonna do so, except you know, the threat actors that hacked Uber, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just find it I find it fascinating that 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 Microsoft would take that approach, understanding the the severity of it, and so you know, yeah, add this to our TTPs, and it's going to be an internal pen testing go to. If we can read the file system, um, then we'll go extract this and become that user for all intents and purposes. Um, yep, you know, spooky stuff. And something I see, just kind of tying it back to our internal pen tests that we do. You know, not only do we find passwords in PowerShell scripts, right? But a lot of times, uh, environments will be set up with VDI, mm-hmm. and those profiles will be accessible on a file share somewhere. Uh, and what I see is access controls are set in such a way that use just all users, any authenticated users, have access to those VDI profiles. And if they're not secured appropriately, I've seen where I can view the app data through mm-hmm. the VDI profile of admin users. And now I can go get their Azure token. I can get their Teams auth token. I can find stuff on their desktop, you know, stuff that they didn't intend anyone to see when they were mm-hmm. saving those files or logging into those systems. Uh, now, because of the way the file shares are set up and the way VDI works with those profiles, now all users can read that stuff. So mm-hmm. this is definitely something to, to consider and, and put in your... Uh, you know, consider from a risk perspective and put in your your uh, list of threats that that you need to pay attention to and and have some sort of mitigations for. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And and really, it looks like the mitigation of this is just going to be watch out for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's the, that's the sad part is you know, Dar- We were talking to Darius yesterday, and you know, the sad part is it's not a good mitigation for this, right? It's like, okay, don't use the Teams app. Well, it's like, okay, everybody right. uses the browser. Um, so not a good mitigate. There's no good mitigation for this. It's just being cognizant of it and knowing after the fact, if you have to do forensics, you know, that 
that could uh, theft of those auth tokens could be potentially possible. Yep, agreed. So the last story uh, is from Sentinel Labs, uh, and it talks about ransomware, uh, specifically uh, a trend towards intermittent encryption. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is a, the TLDR of this is intermittent file encryption in the sense that you don't encrypt the entire file, you just encrypt parts of it or pieces of it, uh, and hopefully uh, evade detection uh, in, increase speed, you know, increase the amount mm-hmm. of files that you can encrypt, um, before you're, before you're caught. Um, so this is, a, seems to be a growing trend. There are a number of ransomware groups that have this built into their ransomware product to speak, right? The ransomware, uh, um, so just something to kind of be cognizant of, um, that there are some trends towards this kind of thing. Uh, as threat actors kind of look to adapt and evolve their techniques, yeah. um, you know, that you will see interesting features like this. Agreed. And, and, and I like the ingenuity here. Uh, you know, you don't have to encrypt the entire file to render the file unrecoverable. And, you know, as an aside, a lot of um, file monitoring software and routines will look at only a portion of the file, right? They'll look at the file header. They'll look at the, you know, last thousand bits of the file, whatever it is. And if that changes, then it throws a flag. And so this is set to, to evade that. And, you know, again, it's so much faster if you're just going to encrypt a a small portion of that file. So your IO is your, your, your IO is less. And so, so you're evading two different types of detection using intermittent encryption you're you're evading, you know, IO monitoring, right? And and then you may also evade um, file change monitoring. So two of which are very common in yeah. the uh, in the EDR world. And so uh, yeah, yeah, this is smart stuff. And we can, you know, this is that cat and mouse game that we always have, right? Is, is every time we we finally get where we can get a reasonable amount of detection, a hundred percent, according to some people, uh, that you know the the threat actors will yeah. just change the way they're doing it. And there's a lot of precursor steps to ransomware, right? We don't have to rehash mm-hmm. all those, but those are some of the key things to to hone in on. And if if you're relying on, you know, detecting the actual encryption of the files or the encrypted files themselves, you know, it, to some extent, it's already a, li- a bit too late for that. Um, yeah. So focusing on the precursor activities too uh, is important. Yep, agreed. agreed. And and probably the most important, right? Yeah. Is we want to catch yep. them before this happens. So, yep. Definitely. Good stuff. All right, folks. Well, that's all we have for you this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, the best thing you can do to help us out is uh, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, depending on the platform that you are consuming this on. And uh, otherwise, come back and see us next week. Our regular podcast is uh, is going to be dropped every Wednesday. So, definitely check that out. And we will look forward to seeing you then.